Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us online again. Uh, wherever you're watching from, we are super excited that we can connect on Sunday mornings in this way. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here at Cedar Valley Church, and we have a great service ready to broadcast for you. In just a moment, our worship team is going to be leading us in some songs, and we'll have lyrics on the screen. So whether you're uh, just by yourself or with your family at home, uh, feel free to engage in worship however you feel comfortable. After that, we have a special message for kids from Pastor Doug, and a little bit of interaction there. And we've got a great interactive message from Pastor Rob on a powerful way of walking through the Lord's Prayer. While we're staying at home uh, during this time, uh, one of the most common and best ways that we're going to be communicating with you is through email and on social media, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, you can sign up for our email communications, prayer chains, and our kids blog all at cedarvalley.ca. And we're also super thankful for your prayers and support and encouragement during this time as we continue to bless the City of Mission and we try to rework our ministries and keep our discernment open for how we can attend to the needs of mission uh, during this time of fear and anxiety and honestly just some loss. We want to continue bringing the gospel into that. So if you're looking for ways to uh, continue contributing and giving remotely, head over to cedarvalley.ca. You'll see a tab or a button that says give and that will walk you through a few different options to make giving remotely as easy as possible. Uh, that's enough for me this morning. We're going to hand it over to the rest of the service. But if you're watching live and head over to the chat pane on the side, why not let some of the other people watching something new you've been trying since you've been spending more time at home in this. And uh, that's all for me. Uh, let's continue on and have a great morning. Good morning. We are so glad to be with you in this way, um, but we uh, certainly miss you. We wish you were here, and uh, we look forward to um, a time when we will all get together and uh, get together and gather together as one body and uh, fellowship. It'd be we're looking forward to that. Um, last week we were encouraged um, not to be afraid. We were also reminded of uh, the uh, most important commandment. That God has given us. Um, how have we been doing through the week here? Um, have we been able to be uh, thankful for God's provision for our lives? Have we been able to uh, focus on, uh, not focus on the fear uh, over things that we can't control, but rather focus on God's love and God's love for us and how we can expand that love to, um, rather extend that love to uh, all those around us, um, whether it's a phone call to someone who can't get out, uh, whether we can um, pick up some groceries for someone that uh, isn't able to uh, get out that easily. Um, we um, we want to be able to reach out and to, uh, to each other in, in practical ways like this. Um, we serve a, a mighty and a powerful God, and... Um, we know that he's in control even though everything around us seems to be failing, uh, systems and, um, and the way we have done things normally, right? 
but, um, but we're looking forward to um, uh, when we can get together again. And uh, right now, we just want you to sing with us. Thank you very much.
You're 
thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, that you are still in control, that you are unchangeable, unshakable, unstoppable, and your praise will never end. We look to you and we trust you as our Savior and our Lord. We know that you will provide our need and that you'll never leave us. Give us strength, Lord, through these times ahead. Help us to help others and show us ways that we can fill the needs around us. We pray for our leaders, for strong resolve and decisions regarding the welfare of all. We pray for our healthcare workers and their protection, for their much needed personal protective equipment, and for sensibility to follow the recommendations which have been well thought out and communicated. Lord, we pray these things all in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Hey, Cedar Valley kids, kids, it's good to see you again today. I'm so excited that we can spend some time together for our Bible lesson. But first of all, before we get into our lesson, I want to ask you, do you think that you know where I'm standing this morning? Take a guess. That's right. It's our Bible adventure room. But just before we go on with our lesson, I do have something kind of sad to tell you. I just found out that there's not going to be any school tomorrow. Oh, man. Well, enough of that. Let's get on with our lesson. This is going to be a little bit different because today you're going to help me with the lesson. As you see behind me here, these are all of the posters that we did this past year, all of our lessons. They're all of the different stories about God and the Bible and the people that he he worked with and that he blessed so much. In a little moment, I am just going to go to each poster, and I'm going to remind you a little bit about the story, and then I want you to go online right away if you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube. Get your parents to type in your response. What I'm going to do is ask you, which is your favorite story and why? And they can type it in, and so while you're watching this, I'm going to be sitting at the computer, and I can see all your responses, and we're going to learn about God together. So, let's head over here, all right? And way back a long time ago, we talked about Solomon. His story is in 1 Kings chapter 3. And remember, when Solomon was just a young guy, God asked him, what would you like? Anything you want, you can have. Solomon thought about it, and he said, God, I want to be a wise person. He didn't ask for money or for riches or for lots of toys or things, and God made him wise and also he made him a very wealthy person, the wisest man in the world. Then, I don't know if you remember Elijah. This story was kind of crazy. In 1 Kings chapter 18, well, at the time, there's a king named Ahab, and he really didn't believe in God at all, and he challenged with his prophets and priests Elijah to a duel. So they went up on the top of the mountain, and they built a great big altar that's getting ready for a bonfire with rocks and wood, and the, and the contest was to see if all of Ahab's prophets could start the bonfire without any matches. Well, they tried and they tried. They couldn't. But then when it was Elijah's turn, he prayed to God. And God brought fire down from heaven 
and lit up the whole campfire, the bonfire, and showed that God is real. Then there was Elisha in 2 Kings chapter 4. He met this lady. She was a mom and had two boys, and they lived all by themselves. And you know what? When her husband died, there was lots of money that she owed to the bank. And the bank kept on saying, you have to pay us. And she goes, I don't have any money. He says, well, we're going to take your two boys and we're going to make them slaves. She was so worried. And then Elisha came and he goes, I know how we can help you. And he says, what do you have in this house? She goes, all I have left was one small jar, maybe about that big right there, of oil. And he goes, that's all you need? And he goes, really? And he says, I'll tell you what you should do. Go to all your neighbors and get lots and lots of pots and jars. And she went running down the street, grabbed him. Her boys went running down the street and grabbed him. They came back. And he says, now start pouring the oil out of this little jar. And it filled up one and another one and another one. All the jars and the big ones, they got more. And it kept on pouring out of the... And then he says, now take all of these full of oil and go sell them. You can pay off your debt to the bank and there's enough money to live on. God gives us what we need. Oh, and then there was Josiah. Do you remember him in 2 Kings 22? He was only eight years old when he became king. And wow, that was a huge responsibility, but he had help. And then he realized that people really weren't following God. They weren't reading the Bible anymore. And then when they were fixing up the temple, he found the Bible. It looked a little bit different back then than it does today. And he started reading from it. And oh, the people again could hear the wonderful stories about God. And it changed their lives. God's word can change us. Then what about Ezra? Now, Ezra was a leader of the people of Israel. And you know what? They were slaves in Babylon for 70 years. And finally, they got to come back to Jerusalem. And then he helped them rebuild the temple so they could worship the church again. They could all gather together a place to worship God. And God sees our hearts and gives us what we need. Then there was Nehemiah, and he came just behind Ezra in Nehemiah chapter 3. He also came from being a slave in Babylon. And the people were really worried because their wall of the city was broken and crumbled, and they were concerned because there were bullies that were living just over the hill. And so God helped Nehemiah and all of the people with him to build a good strong wall to protect them. And then we remember that God is stronger than those who are against us. Hey kids, those are the stories for this morning. What I want you to do is to go to your parents' laptop, computer, phone, tablet, and then tell us which story you like the best. And maybe one of the things we learned about God through these stories. And then your parents can send them in. And I'll be at the computer and I'll be able to see these right away as you're sending them in. And we can learn about God together. Have a great day. We'll see you next week. Hey, Cedar Valley. These are strange times we're living in, aren't they? Uncertain and complex time to ground ourselves in what we know to be true, or at least what we choose to believe is true, and that is the trustworthiness of our God. May we choose to trust him as did our spiritual ancestors who once proclaimed, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God.
That's from Psalm 20, verse 7. For you have been my hope, O sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. That was Psalm 71, verse 5. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. The Lord, the Lord is my strength and my song. That's Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. And then Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. So do not fear, says the Lord, for I am with you. Don't be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Let's anchor ourselves to these truths. Maybe even commit some of them to memory. So that we would transform our anxious thoughts. And let us continue to do those things that draw us close to our God in relationship with him, like prayer. I'd like to share part three of my reflections on the Lord's Prayer. I'm sidestepping our Reframe series today so that we together could take some time to thoughtfully apply what we've talked about in parts one and two of this teaching on the Lord's Prayer. Today, then, is the Lord's Prayer app. Let me begin with a story and then a recap of our teaching so far. I was on Keats Island for an Arrow Leadership week of studies some time ago. We were playing basketball, me of the short coke machine leg stature up against the trees and the youth and the skilled of the others. I could box out on rebounding using my lower center of gravity and evenly spread girth to hold off my check. I was able to get rebounds even off my own shot, but that was the problem. I was missing a fair amount of shots. So I turned to one of my fellow leaders, one of the young and skilled variety types, and asked him, what do I need to do to improve my shot? He looked at me, and I could tell he was struggling to find a diplomatic way of saying what he thought he should say. But he said, anyway, maybe you should move closer to the rim. I laughed, <laughs> but he wasn't kidding, actually. Here's the question for you. If you were sitting with Jesus, just having coffee with him, what might be the one thing that you'd ask him to teach you? Well, the disciples who traveled with him noticed Jesus was praying one day in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray. So says the text in the Gospel of Luke that introduces the Lord's Prayer. Then, reading from Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 through 13, which is where we have been reading from this Lord's Prayer, this is what Jesus taught them. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, or holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today 
our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from it or from the evil one behind it. Lord, teach us how to pray. Here's what we've learned so far. That this prayer is how we should pray, not necessarily what we should pray, but how. In other words, it's a model. It's a way of praying, not necessarily a mantra. That we pray to someone, not something. That the God we worship is personal. That this personal father is a perfect parent. That this father is for us. He is not against us. That he is our father. That we are part of a massive global spiritual community. That this father invites us to call him Abba. A term of intimacy and safety and calling. That he is holy, set apart, incorruptible and yet wholly approachable, bridging the gap between his holiness and our brokenness. That he has called us to be holy like he is holy, acting differently from this world, but still in it, honoring God, loving, loving others, caring properly for ourselves, and caring for his creation that his kingdom would come and that it would begin with us. That we would ask him to meet our daily needs, mine and those of others. That we would ask him to forgive us and to thank him that he has. That we would forgive others as we've been forgiven by our Lord. That he would lead us away from temptation and deliver us from the evil one. It is a prayer for such a time as this, though it is a way of praying for any time, anywhere. So let's do that together today. Taking our time with each phrase of the prayer, saying each phrase out loud, but pausing after each phrase to give ourselves some time to pray intuitively, responsively, meditatively, the way Jesus taught his disciples. This will be a kind of um, prayer meditation. I'll lead us in this prayer time together, phrase by phrase, giving you time to meditate on each phrase and listen to and talk to our Lord about each phrase. I'll explain how we might apply each phrase in our personal prayers. Then I'll invite you to pray. And then I'll pray each phrase as an example, not as right or wrong, good or bad, but just as a model of intuitive, relational, meditative praying. So let's make ourselves comfortable. I am. I'm in a terrific chair right now. Take three breaths, um, holding each one of them for five seconds at the top of that breath and then exhaling. This physiologically has the effect of uh, calming us down a bit, helps us to focus, helps us to relax. 
You may want to close your eyes during the exercise. But for now, let's just breathe in and breathe out. Let's begin. Our Father. When I am praying this prayer as I'm walking, I talk to our Lord, for instance, about what it means to be part of such a huge spiritual family, to be supported and cared for by spiritual siblings. I listen to him about what that should mean to me and from me about how I relate to my brothers and sisters in Christ. I talk to him about how cool it is that I get to call him Father, or as I like to call him periodically, Papa. I thank him for the earthly father he has given me and other men in my life who have been like fathers to me. And I listen to him for wisdom, reflecting on those fathers in my life, on how to be the best father I can be to my kids. So now, I want to invite you to meditate on this phrase, our father, and to pray. And I'll give you a minute to do that or so. And then I'll close this part of the prayer off. I pray myself. So go ahead. When I think about this part of the prayer, Papa, that your son taught his disciples, now including us, I easily separate the two words, our and then Father. Our during this difficult season, to borrow the hashtag we are not alone, is really our birthright. We are in this together. What we can say as family. 
family of faith, family who hold to the love that we have, that you show us and that we can show each other. Even at a time where we're not together, we have this affinity between us because we are your kids and your spirit is in us. And that's how we are united. And Father, or Abba, or Daddy, or Papa. I still think it's a beautiful, mysterious tension that your son would invite us to call you by that name. Whose other names are Yahweh, the unpronounceable the holy, the totally transcendent one, which we'll talk about in a second, that we would be able to call you Father as personal, as intimate. Thank you for the privilege. Thank you for including me in your family. Thank you for countless brothers and sisters at Cedar Valley, in mission, in our province, in our nation, and around the world. Never mind all throughout history. I am pleased to stand with them and to stand before them, the great cloud of witnesses. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. I talked to our Lord, for instance, about how cool it is that he is set apart from a fallen world and how incorruptible he is and yet how involved he is in his creation. Kissing things with his holiness, calling us to be like him. I talk about how he has set me apart that way. Even how I want to be like him, like any kid wants to be like their father when they are proud of that father. Again, I want to invite you to meditate on this next phrase. In heaven, holy is your name. You can begin.
we begin our father and we are at this point in heaven holy is your name in heaven holy is your name hmm I'm encouraged, Father, that turning to you, as I do, that you are consistently good and positioned with kindness towards me, that you are incorruptible. There's nothing that this planet can do to you that affects who you are in your perfection, in your glory, and in your holiness. It isn't just a name, it is who you are. It is your very nature. And, and not to say that because it creates this gap, which is judgment, but it is just to speak the truth. That you are holy, and I'm not. But you have made me holy through Christ. You have made me whole, healed me, forgiven me. So that you would call me to lead a holy life. And I do wonder what that looks like. And I feel like I don't always do that. And I know you don't expect me to be. But I know that as a matter of fact, in you, through your son, I am made holy so that I can behave in ways that are holy, set apart, different, making decisions that are different, caring for others like you would, forgiving others like I've been forgiven. And we'll talk about that soon too. Thank you that in your holiness, there's also mercy. In your justice, there's also grace. And that's what sets us free. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I talked to our Lord, for instance, about his will in my life and what that looks like. And I listened to him tell me where he sees it in evidence. Because sometimes we can pray this prayer and apply it to ourselves and say things critical of ourselves. Like, oh, I don't see it in my life at all. And forget that there's often evidence there. And to acknowledge that. And to thank God for that. That in delighting in him, we align our wills with his and we end up with much better decision making, much better outcomes, much better effect. He's like a proud papa would be with his child, beaming at us. Good job, well done. See how that works. I listened to tell him, or I listened to him to tell me rather, where there's room to grow because I believe that he always has his best interest in mind for me. Again, I want to invite you to meditate on this phrase, your kingdom come, 
your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, and to pray. You may begin. your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven and as i pray that say that modeled by your son i'm reminded that your kingdom is wherever your power your influence your love your shalom your forgiveness your strength your courage is on display And I'm reminded that your will is always every day for us to know you and to become more and more like your son. And so we might ask ourselves, in any given day, even at any given time, what is your will for me for today? And we might mentally go through our checklist and i have and so today it meant really good conversations with people exchanging of emails going on zoom chat forums because that's where we're at in this time that your will in my life today was to reach out but also that someone would reach out to me, that someone would call me today and ask me how I was doing, as much as I was doing the same. Your will to be done in my life today looked a bit like that. It looks like even what I'm doing right now. To talk to you and to share some thoughts with my friends at Cedar Valley about praying this prayer. It's your will that I be sitting here and doing that to be recorded today. Thank you that you are always with me. I don't always have a sense of your presence and that will lead maybe even into the next part of this prayer about what I need for a day. What I pray, thanks you are always with me wherever I go. So that in doing your will, I would never be alone at doing it. 
in my mind and in my heart. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Give us this day our daily bread. I ask our Lord, for instance, what are my needs for today? I ask him to meet them because he has graciously invited us to ask that. I remember a lifetime of him meeting them. So there's historical track record thankfulness. I thank him then for meeting them. I ask him how I might help him or on my own help meet the needs of another. Again, I want to invite you to meditate on this phrase. Give us this day our daily bread and pray. And again, I'll give you some time so you can begin. Give us this day our daily bread. That word give there sounds demanding, doesn't it? <laughs> I don't mean it that way, Papa. And you know I don't. And yet, not even and yet, I'm a father. And I would want my kids to ask for things that I could help them with. So that's the spirit of me saying this. Give us this day our daily bread, where we understand bread broadly to mean the things that we might need. And so uh, I have wondered what I have needed today. And looking back on this day now, and even looking forward into it, I needed your um, help shaping this teaching. I needed your strength to manage even this part of it, to, to get through something that's new to me and challenging, and that I would hope would be a blessing to those who would join me in doing this. I needed your help to be patient at different times through my day. And thank you for that. Thank you, Father, for meeting my needs in general. You're a gracious, thoughtful God. In Jesus' name I pray it.
Amen. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. I confess my sins, for instance. I name them. I acknowledge them. I agree that they hurt me and that they hurt others. That all of my sin is really a misalignment from God's will for my life. I thank him for his once and for all forgiveness accomplished through Jesus Christ. And I choose to forgive those who have hurt me. Again, I want to invite you to meditate on this phrase, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. And to pray. And again, I'll give you some time to do that. And uh, you can begin that now. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have sinned against us. Father, you know my heart. You know where I've gone wrong. Or I've looked away from what is what you would have for me and chose what I wanted instead of that. Things I've said Things I've not said when I should have. Things I've done and things I've not done. It hurts my heart. And I know it hurts yours in the sense that you would have wanted better for me than I chose. Thank you. That you forgive me in these things. That you have forgiven me in these things. And that you are a God of second chances. Sometimes we have to live with consequences that are just really difficult to live with. And we might not get a second chance to change that. Help us to live in your grace then. And trust you with what we cannot change. But insofar as it is possible, help us to live at peace with others. Help us to seek the forgiveness of others that we need to. And maybe you would recall something to our minds specifically. Would you give us the courage to approach that person? Would we trust that you would go before us 
into that conversation and help us through it. And if, we're pe if people were to approach us, Father, that wanted our forgiveness of them, would you make us ready? Would you remind us of all that we're forgiven of? Would you remind us that forgiveness is better than withholding it? Better than bitterness? Better than judgment? Better than vengefulness? So that we would live at peace with our brothers and our sisters. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray these things. Amen. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I ask our Lord, for instance, to help me through the trials of my day. I ask him to protect me from unnecessary evil. I ask him to deliver me from those people or things that continue to hurt me. Or to strengthen me to endure such trials and even more to trust him through those trials and to love my enemies. Things like these. Again, I want to invite you to meditate on this phrase. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I'll give you some time to pray through that. You can begin. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Hmm. As we've talked about before, Father, it's impossible for you to lead us into temptation. This is us asking you to deliver us from evil and the evil one. I know that in these days, I've been wondering if you would deliver us from this pandemic. I have been otherwise just 
asking for help. And I pray that you would keep my heart from being tempted towards anxiety and fear. That you would protect me from the evil one who would tempt me down and along these lines. That you would help me otherwise to live by faith and hope. And that where maybe deliverance from this time isn't yet upon us, that we would trust in you because of what we said from the beginning. What we know to be true is that you are trustworthy. And you love us. In the powerful and precious name of Jesus, I pray these things. Amen. This then is a prayer that we can take with us and pray mindfully anytime and anywhere, phrase by phrase, listening and speaking to our Father. So may it continue to draw us closer to him, our trustworthy Papa in these days. Be blessed and be a blessing, Cedar Valley.